Hi, I'm Simon Hill, and you're watching Purebred Reds, Adelaide United Fan TV. Hi, I'm Daniel Mullen, former Adelaide United player and Asian Champions League winner with Western Sydney Wanderers. When it comes to any of my soccer needs, I do my shopping here at Soccer Locker. An Australian-owned and operated business, the store is located at Shop 5 of 181 to 183 Grange Road, Finden. Founded in 2017, Soccer Locker was introduced into the market to fulfil all the soccer-related needs of Australians, providing a huge range of quality clothing and equipment, ranging from soccer balls, team kits, goalkeeper gear, accessories and much more. Recently arrived stock also includes stunning retro kits from some of our favourite past eras as fans of the world game. Soccer Locker is a specialist in Premier range boots, Adidas and Puma, goalkeeper gear and licensed merchandise. Visit us online at www.soccerlocker.com.au with free delivery Australia wide. So get shopping now at our Finnan store, open from 10am to 5.30pm from Monday to Friday and open Saturdays from 9am to 3pm. G'day guys and welcome to the Purebred Reds Adelaide United Fan TV. I'm your host Ellis Gelios, joined today by a regular contributor on Purebred Reds and we love that he's back again this season after uh, featuring on the show in the earlier rounds of the season. Chris Adams, welcome. How are you? I'm good, mate. Thanks for having me. I'm just enjoying the last of this fantastic weather outside before it starts to get a little colder. So, yeah, thank you for having me back on. It's a pleasure to be back. Taking in the freshly cut lawns of the St. Peter's uh, area there, which is great to see. Yes, we do play the Central Coast Mariners tomorrow evening. It's a 7, 10 p.m. kickoff in Gosford. Uh, if you're not travelling to the game, make sure you catch all the action on Fox Sports or on the KO Sports app. Uh, no squads at the time of filming, but as Chris is about to tell us, some very interesting news that he has heard on the grapevine regarding who may well be starting for the team tomorrow night. We're going to get straight into it, Chris. What a win against Sydney FC. We're in amazing form, having won our last six games in a row. Funnily enough, you did mention to me uh, in some of our private conversations that the last time this happened was back all the way in that first season and we ended up uh, somewhat bombing out after winning six in a row all the way back then in 2005-06. So something to be a little bit superstitious over, I'm sure. But uh, let's just enjoy this while we can bask in this form. Six wins in a row after beating Sydney FC on Sunday. Now, I want to ask you before we talk about the game against Sydney just quickly, uh, is this the ultimate stress test? Because prior to Sydney FC, we're talking about, well, Melbourne victory, this is the worst they've ever been. Newcastle Jets don't have an owner. This and that, Western Sydney, uh, sort of, you can't really read them right now. We haven't really had a test yet. Well, we come up against the reigning premiers and the reigning champions, haven't beaten them at home uh, since, I think, 2014. Hadn't beaten them full stop since 2016 in April. Uh, we managed to grind it out. Are we the real deal? Um, I, I'm sort of cautiously optimistic, and I, I feel like I'm, I'm just like that when it comes to any sport, whether it be football, AFL, cricket, whatever. Um, and I think it's really too early to say, you can't determine whether we're going to be a contender when we're only halfway through the season. Um, you did mention that it's, as I said to you off camera as well, it's first time that we've won six games in a row in, in 15 years. Um, but we did sort of bomb out back in 2006. I don't, I don't really want to compare those two seasons though. We have a very different squad. 
that season was probably um, full of more experience and older heads, whereas this one is the opposite. Um, but six-game run is very encouraging. And uh, I just think we need to keep building because we, we're going to experience a loss. It's, it's going to come. When we, we look at the championship season where we went undefeated in 14 and everybody was say, saying, you know, you don't expect a loss, but it, it's potentially going to come and it could come this weekend. But um, the, I think that the challenges have stepped up every week and you went, we went from Melbourne victory away, which I know they're 12th, but it's, it's a big challenge away from home. Um, and our waveform at the time, we'd only won one on the road. So that was our sort of first big challenge. And then we stepped it up to, um, to Sydney FC. Uh, which is, you know, that's a, that was a, a big challenge. I know they're not in good form, but their their quality is evident and we know that they cause us problems. And now we've got the, probably our, our biggest test of the season so far, which is, um, or at least of this run, which is Mariners, who are top, and we know how good they've been this year. The game against Sydney before we get on to Central Coast, uh, it was a different kind of performance. I think we had our periods of sort of drifting in and out of the game, but uh, it was very well managed across the board, uh, particularly from Carl Viet, the changes he made, had to think on his feet early on uh, when Harvey Lopez went down. Um, is it almost in a way something that can convince you that we've got enough in our locker to to really at least if we don't, if we can't win silverware this season, go very, very deep? in the finals because, uh, you know, last year under Gertjan Verbeek, we were a one-trick pony, no question about it. Only had the one way of of really being able to beat teams. Um, Sydney FC, we, we managed to really grind this one out. And uh, I think it's a compelling victory because it, it illustrates that we can win ugly. And uh, this is not something that we've often uh, been able to boast about in recent seasons. You'll recall how, uh, how flawless we were in that championship winning season. Uh, very rarely did we win games when we didn't deserve to. I'm not saying we didn't deserve to beat Sydney, but I think they probably created the better of the chances on the night. And it was obviously a lucky penalty uh, because not everyone agrees that it was one. Uh, so th does the nature of the performance convince you in some way that uh, we can definitely go deep this season? Yeah, I, I actually, I agree with that, to be honest. Now, in I'll, I'll sort of give my, my piece and say that I don't want to count the first sort of three games of this winning streak because um, the first two were, were very ugly wins and it was sort of the team trying to find their feet after having a horrible run of three or four losses in a row. But if we're just looking at the last three games, now we've shown that we can get gritty and dominate teams away. And uh, we've shown that we can get it done at home. And I think the most encouraging sort of point to make out of this Sydney game is that we did largely stop them from playing their game. Um, they're pretty high octane. They move the ball very quickly. Uh, they they utilise sort of Caceres and Ninkovic through the middle. And um, it was the first game. I, I, I like to watch Sydney FC. I think they're a really great team to watch. And um, as a fan and seeing the stands, I didn't really see Ninkovic involved much. And um, I ultimately thought they just didn't, weren't able to um, exact their game plan on us. And I think that's down to the fact that we are now able to dominate teams when we need to. We can go out pressing high. And then in this case, we had Juanda who came on. I thought he did a fantastic job at controlling the tempo. And tempo is a big thing. We've had a high octane midfield where, you know, we have Cavallo and Diarigo and Mork, and we know what we get out of all those three players. We get a lot of running, 
we get quick ball movement and it's sort of attack, attack, attack. As we saw against Newcastle, it was just attack, attack, attack in the first half. And uh, in that second half, we probably needed to control the tempo and we didn't and we did concede a goal. With Juan in the midfield, against Sydney, when we needed to slow things down, he would get on the ball and he would slow the game down and he would pass it back instead of forward, pass it sideways instead of forward because it doesn't need to always be attack, attack, attack. That was the biggest thing that our championship squad was able to do. We were able to sit back and defend when we needed to. We were able to suck up pressure when we needed to. We were able to control the ball when we needed to. If we'd just gone up and it's a tight game, a lot of chances, you don't want to just go and attack, attack, attack straight after unless you have a real opportunity. You want to make sure that you're picking your moments at times because a lot of teams like Sydney, we know their quality and they can attack us, they can get us. It takes half a chance for them to score. So I think that this Sydney game has proven that we are capable of controlling games and we're capable of when we want to in other games, against different opposition, we can go hard. So it's, it's really, really promising. And I really feel like this team, it, look, it's, I can't say that we could go far, but it's the most promising sign because, as you said, under Verbake in the past, we have been a sort of, what's the plan B? If we can't do our main game plan, what's plan B? And plan B in the past, I've felt, is just down the wing, hit crosses in and hope we get a header. And so um, I think it's been really encouraging and we, we could be witnessing something, something impressive. Yes, uh, no question. The Mariners, uh, they drew one all to Melbourne victory at home. This is a Melbourne victory side that uh, is in no way a contender this season right now, unless things drastically change for them. Uh, the Mariners, they haven't won in three now either. They were probably fortunate to get a result against Perth Glory uh, in the last couple of weeks as well. And that was also on their home patch. Uh, should, should we be somewhat concerned about the fact that, uh, you know, people are going to start to navigate away from having conversations about the Mariners being the benchmark and the fact that that will install some fire in the belly for them. Because uh, I feel like right now with uh, the trajectory we've got and the form that we've been in, uh, we can very easily underestimate the Mariners going away. Uh, we, we know we lost at Central Coast Stadium last season whilst we were in some decent form ourselves. So uh, it hasn't been that long since uh, we were upset there away to Central Coast. Is, is this much of a danger game despite their poor form, the Mariners? Uh, yeah, I, I, I agree that it's a danger game, but not for the reasons that you're saying. I think that the Mariners are just no longer um, a walkover away. Um, two seasons ago, when Mariners are sitting rock bottom on the table, you, you expect to win against them. Um, that expectation doesn't exist anymore. They're top of the table still. And, you know, you can look at Melbourne City and maybe us being as the, the two informed teams in the competition. But it was only a few weeks ago that the Mariners were the informed team of the competition. And they were taking teams going one or two goals behind at home and then still getting the win. So I watched the game against Victory. They probably deserve to win it. Victory... We're just hitting them on the counter-attack. And Mariners had so much of the ball. They just weren't probably creating the chances they need to. But it's just like victory are, are a wounded beast and they just needed some sort, of, some sort of result. And it was just a scrappy game where they would just sort of clear their lines at all costs, blah, blah, blah. We're not going to do that. We're not going to be as, as negative-minded playing Mariners. 
Um, I think Mariners this season have been really good at controlling possession. And they they just get into these spells where they look like you can't you can't get the ball off them. Uh, and I think that's that's a credit to the Mariners because they've really turned it around. And for them to be able to control the ball that well, um, get the silver and then get Matty Simon up forward to just cause problems. Um, it's it's a banana slip game for us, not because they're a team that you expect to win, but because they're a team that a little bit out of form, but you know what they're capable of this season. So it, it's it's going to be an interesting one. That's all I can really take out of that. Yeah, it certainly will be. Switching our focus back to us and our team going into this game, Tommy Urich named in the squad, but I believe it's going to be Cassini Yengi starting. Uh, now, Cassini, you would very much argue the case, has earned the right to have another week's worth of trust leading the line for us, given his displays. And, uh, you know, he did earn the penalty against Sydney to win us that game. Made a real nuisance of himself on a number of occasions in a, in a performance where we really didn't carve out that many clear goal-scoring opportunities. Uh, are you, at, in one way, are you sort of a little bit concerned about uh, where Tommy Urich is at, but also feeling safe by uh, knowing that Cassini has very much stepped up to the plate uh, when called upon, which has been really the best part of the last month. Yeah, well, look, I know for a fact that tomorrow Cassini Yangi will be starting and Urich will come off the bench. Um, Tommy's travelled over. And um, he, I know, I saw Tommy recently. Um, he knows that he's been having some problems and he was probably ran into the ground a little bit earlier on in the season. But ultimately, I think we do know his quality. Um, but Cassini, you don't you don't don't fix something that's not broken is the main message, and I know Carl said that um, today. And uh, there's no reason to drop Cassini. He caused havoc to that Sydney to that Sydney defence. Mm. Um, he is probably as powerful as Tommy, but he's he's quick as well. Um, in saying that, you can't rest. On, on Cassini to be the strike for the rest of the season because he's a young player. He's had his injury problems. Young players coming in and out of form, they have consistency issues. That's natural. It's a natural part of the game. And I think we're really going to need Tommy later on in the season because we're, we're going we're to really require his experience and his ability to finish. Um, and I think that time will come where Tommy will be starting again and Cassini will be coming off the bench if, if he's fit, which I'm, I'm sure he will be. Um, so... There's no reason to change up anything at the moment. Uh, missing Harvey Lopez is a big one. And Noah Smith is not making the trip over because he's got a groin problem. Um, Cavallo at left back. As long as Goodwin drops back and, and gives Cavallo the support he needs because he's more of a midfielder, obviously. I, I think that there's really no point changing the team at all. Fair enough. Uh, Joe Gauchi certainly won't be one player that loses his place anytime soon. Obviously, we know James... Delianov is still coming back from an injury, but Gauchi against Sydney FC, and to be fair to him, not just Sydney, he's made some critical saves over the past few weeks when uh, he's been called in for goalkeeping duties. Uh, but obviously uh, an absolute catalogue of, of confidence that he displayed against Sydney, uh, particularly with that header from Bovo, which was um, headed as, as cleanly as I've ever seen from anyone from point blank range. He managed to keep it out at such a critical time. This is a young player with such little experience. 
Um, he's really standing tall at the moment and he's getting the plaudits for it as he deserves. But what I want to ask you is, uh, is it only fair now that James Deliarnov has to earn his place back in this team? Because when you go back to uh, the fans forum, which was held just a number of weeks prior to the season commencing, Carl Viet made it very, very clear that James Deliarnov was his clear number one uh, when asked about it. And obviously that's what we've seen throughout the season prior to Delianov's injury. So when the time comes that Delianov is back training full-time and fully fit again, is it only fair that he earns his spot back in this team, uh, given the form that Gauchi's been in? Yeah, it's, it's only fair. If Gauchi keeps up this form, then again, it's the exact same situation as the Yangi tommy Yurich situation. If Yangi's scoring goals and he's contributing to goals being scored, whether that's an assist, winning a penalty, winning a free kick, if he's causing problems, why get him? Why take him out of the team? It's the exact same thing with with um, Joe Gauchi. He's in great form. I know he's conceded a couple of goals, but ultimately it was probably not much he could do for both goals. And then let's just talk about his performance against Sydney, which was absolutely outstanding. Uh, as I said, just re, you know, just five minutes ago, I, I you you can expect these young players to make mistakes. Um, Gauchi's only in his early twenties. You can't you can't rest on him to be a Eugene Galakovic consistent goalkeeper for the rest of this season. But if he is showing a level of consistency, then there is there's no reason to start Delianov. I, I've loved Delianov this season. I think he's been fantastic. And it, it further makes me think that we've got a bit of a sort of Berigidi Galakovic situation on our hands where we've got two great goalkeepers who, who could be starting. And um, in turn, that's just going to mean that in training, they push each other. And that's just exactly what you want to see. You, know, you, don't, you don't want your goalkeepers knowing that one's a clear favourite and one's not going to start every week. Now, Joe Gauchi has proven that he can do the job as the number one goalkeeper. He's proven that to the fans, he's proven that to his teammates, and he's proven that to Viet. So Delianov will know this, this spot is no longer mine. I'm going to have to up my game if I'm going to start ahead of him. And Gauchi knows Delianov has started for the first half of the season. I'm going to have to keep my game at this level, otherwise I'm out. So that type of competition is, is fantastic. It's, it's everything you could want in a team. And I wish we had that type of competition for every position. But no, I'm not complaining at all because this is a great situation to be in. And um, fingers crossed the Gauchi keeps his form and fingers crossed he stays in the team. You did mention Harvey Lopez going down injured and we assume without Noah Smith being fit and travelling that it will be Josh Cavallo that plays as the left back at least as far as tomorrow night's concerned. Uh, who should therefore come in uh, given that Cavallo will, will exit the midfield. Is it without question Quande, given that uh, he was able to adapt so quickly after coming on when he was probably only expected to play half an hour or thereabouts against Sydney on Sunday night? Or do you think uh, he should start off one more week at least and be it should tinker in some other way? Well, interesting with Quande, because I know the expectation when he straight came out um, of hotel quarantine among the staff members was that he was going to take one or two weeks to get up fit. And I know we were a little surprised as to how well he had kept his body in shape and, and went straight into the team when we needed him to. I also know that Juan, they recovered extremely well 
from the game. So uh, I can't I can't um, tell if he's going to start tomorrow or not. That's not the information I have. But I do know that he is definitely travelling and I do know that he is probably likely to start. If he's recovered well and he's put in a good week of training, we saw the impact he had against Sydney. We're going to need that because, again, Mariners love to control the ball. And his experience, he knows what it's like to go to the grand final. This bloke's won semi-final against us, funnily enough. Um, he knows how the league works and he knows how to play it. So there is, there should be absolutely no question. If he is fit, he needs to start because I think that he's going to be absolutely crucial for this second half of the season and our, our potential title aspirations. Prediction time. Who gets it tomorrow night, uh, Chris? Oh, mate, I, I, I hate making predictions. Um, I'm going to fence it, to be honest. I think it's going to be a draw. But, uh, you know, it'd be fantastic. It could go either way. I, just, just I've never win. been a predictions person. I think um, Craig, Craig's been fantastic this season. Uh, and fingers crossed he can, he can get on the score sheet. But we'll, we'll see how it goes. I'm going to fence it. I want to say draw, but it could go either way. Yeah, well, Craig Goodwin has loved a goal against the Mariners as of the past two or three years. Uh, so we can only hope that his rich goal scoring form continues uh, and that Adelaide United hopefully pick up a result. A draw would be, uh, well, I, th- I, I suspect it would feel more like a win to us fans to draw away to the league leaders as stupid as, a, as that may sound, Chris. But uh, the Mariners, they have a one in three and, and our form has absolutely been scintillating. So I feel as though we're in this somewhat privileged but also uh, unfamiliar position of of almost expecting to, to win this game. Uh, so there you go. It shows how far we've come since uh, not making the finals last season. Chris, enjoy watching tomorrow night and we'll speak to you again soon on Pure Red Reds. No worries, mate. I hope I enjoy it. Uh, cheers for having me on. No worries. Thanks so much for watching, guys. Enjoy the game tomorrow night.